I'm going to extend a very good morning to everybody today, and uh, we thank the Lord for the opportunity again of uh, worshipping Him, and we pray that wherever we are today, uh, that we will hear God's Word, and that we'll be able to see Him in the Word, that we'll know His peace and His blessing, and uh, that uh, God will enrich every life. We're going to begin with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Lord our God, we pray to bless us today. We give thanks again for the opportunity of gathering under your word, and we pray that this word will indeed go into our hearts. We are reminded in your word that this is the good seed, and the good seed brings forth fruit to the glory of God. And we pray that our lives will be receptive to that seed, and we pray that our lives will bring glory to your honour and to your name. We give thanks for your loving kindness and faithfulness. We give thanks, O Lord, for who you are, for the amazing way that you have shown yourself in your word, where we're able to come to understand something of the majesty and glory that belongs to you, to grasp a little of the depth of your wisdom and your knowledge, and to be able to understand just a little of the awesome power that belongs to you. We give thanks, O Lord, that you are gracious and that you do not deal with us according to what we deserve. And at this point we seek to confess our sin, our sin against you and our sin against one another. Lord, how often we find that we are not what we want to be. And so often, Lord, we come back confessing over and over and over again our sins before you, often the same sins, the same faults. And thing is, we only have a little glimpse of just uh, the depth of sin that is within us. But we give thanks that you have made provision for that sin, because we cannot deal with it ourselves, and that it is in and through our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, that forgiveness of sin is found. And so we pray that every single one of us today will go to Jesus and that we will seek for that cleansing and forgiveness that is found in him alone and to be assured of that great truth that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth from all sin. So we pray, Lord, that you will be with us, be with us in our relationships with one another, be with us, Lord, in our relationships uh, that we cannot uh, fulfil at this particular time as we are socially distancing from so many that we love. We miss our families, we miss our friends, we miss our congregation, we miss the fellowship of your people, uh, but yet we give thanks, Lord, for the way that uh, there is a spiritual tie and a spiritual bond wherever we are. And so we pray that you will bless us, bless us nationally and internationally. O oh Lord, help us, assist virus sweeps through this world and through the nations of this world and through our own nation. O oh Lord, we pray that a vaccine will soon be found. It would seem almost impossible that a, a vaccine would be found so soon and would prove so effective throughout this world. But we pray, Lord, that as a God of miracles, that this is what you will do. And we give thanks for the the way you have given great minds to scientists and uh, the people in the work of medicine. And we pray, Lord, that they will be able to acknowledge that you are the one who has led them and guided them. 
and that you will receive the honour and glory. We pray that you would bring healing to our land. We pray, Lord, that your people will repent because we have to repent of our sin and confess our sin before you. We pray, Lord, that you will protect all, all the essential workers, all, be with all our NHS staff, we give thanks for them, for all our carers in the communities and in the homes. And we give thanks, Lord, for the great work that they do and uh, so often putting their own lives at risk. Oh, Lord, we are indebted to them. I give thanks, Lord, for all the various works that go on that keep keep things uh, going uh, uh, day by day. And as part of the UK, we see in England is beginning to make its way back. We find that other parts, uh, Ireland, Northern Ireland and Wales and Scotland, that, that we are still in lockdown. And we pray, Lord, that you will give wisdom to our leaders, that they will direct us in the right way and grant them grace, Lord, to see, to look up and to see you and to acknowledge you that they might do so publicly. O oh Lord, have mercy upon us and deal graciously with us and favourably with us. Bless all who mourn, all who are sad. This uh, particular illness has brought with it uh, so much distress and uh, the, that uh, the dying do not have the their own families with them. What a heartache all round that is. But we give thanks, Lord, for the tender way that uh, the staff in homes and in hospitals have, have been with those who are dying. And we know that this will be hard on them. And there'll be a lot of, lot of heartache, a lot of heartache, Lord, in our land. Dry the tears, dry, bind up the broken hearts, we pray. Watch over us, then undo us good, and take away our sin in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Last week I <coughs> spoke about uh, the, the sheep and the and lambs in the, in the back, uh, just out the back of our house. And again, I'm going, to, I'm going to speak about them again today. And it was just recently that the, the sheep and the lambs actually came into the field that right behind our house, right behind. And... One of the first days, where there were two little lambs, twin lambs there with their mother. And as I looked out the window, they were, they were quite close to the, to the wall. And I thought, oh, that's a beautiful photo. So I ran to get the camera and I came out. And instead of uh, trying to adjust the lens, I thought, I'll go as close as I can. So I went uh, right up to the wall and they were looking at me. And I thought, I'll... I'll make them feel better. So I said, right, you stay there, kitty, kitty, you're all right. And the moment that I opened my voice, opened my, my mouth, to try and speak to the sheep and the two lambs, they did an about turn and bolted. And I wasn't wanting a photo of the back of them running. I was wanting a photo of the two little cute faces beside their mum. But the funny thing was that <clears throat> later on, uh, I, don't, I can't remember if it was that evening or the next morning, I saw Alec John's van way, way at the other end of the field come up. And I don't know if it was Alec John or Paul or David, one of his son, But one of them came out and the field was full of the sheep and the lambs. And all they did was they called. I heard the voice calling. Now, I called the sheep and the two lambs. And all they did was turn around and run away. But when Alec John, the boys, when they called, all the sheep 
did the very opposite. They just got up from where they were and they ran as fast as they could over. And I was thinking, well, well, that's exactly what Jesus says. Jesus said of his sheep, his followers, that my sheep know my voice. He also said, they do not know the voice of strangers. How true. That's why the sheep and the two little lambs ran away. They didn't know my voice. I was a stranger to them. So they took away, they took off. Whereas the sheep, they knew straight away the voice of their owner. And away they went. They thought, he's probably going to feed us, which is exactly what he was going to do. He had food for them. And so away they went. And you know, that's how it is too with us. If we love the Lord Jesus, Jesus is calling us. And Jesus is telling us to come to him. And he's coming, he's going to feed us. But you know, there is a problem sometimes. That sometimes Jesus is speaking to us and we're not listening. When all the family were still here, and when it would be dinner time or tea time, um, either Dolly or I would shout, Right, that's food ready! And you'd hear, Coming! And usually two appeared, and one didn't, very, very often. And I would go trotting upstairs to the room, I'd open the door, and I'd say, Dinner's ready. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear. Why not? Because there were earphones on and couldn't hear the call for dinner. And so the Lord is calling us for feeding all the time. But often we're listening to other things and we're not hearing the Master's voice. So you make sure that every day that you're listening and listening for, listening to, the voice of Jesus, the Master, because he's calling to us and he's telling us, I have lovely things for you. Come and eat. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day your daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever. Amen. Now we're going to read God's word, and this is from the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 4. We read from the beginning, Mark 4. Again he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was behind the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell among the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up. But since it had no depths of soil, when the sun rose, it was scorched, and as there was no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. 
and he said he was ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables, and he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a, a little. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for the other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Amen, and may God bless to us this reading of his own holy word. Now we read in Mark's chapter, Mark chapter 4, we read about the parable of the sower. Now I want us to consider the verses, verses 3 uh, to 8, where Jesus said, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. Now I'm not going to read it again because we've already read it. I think we're so used to background noise today and background voices that so often we are not listening. We're hearing, but we're not listening. That's where the line in the song and the sound of silence is, where people uh, hearing, but not listening. People hearing without listening. And that is so, so true, uh, particularly with regard to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that so often we can come under the word of God and we hear it, but we're not really listening. It's not really going through, going into our, into our hearts. And Jesus often in the Bible tells us to be careful how we hear. And in fact, he begins this uh, passage here that this by, in verse 3 uh, by saying at the very beginning, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. That's how Jesus began. And he says, listen, listen to what I'm saying. Because so often we don't and our, our minds are, are distracted. And so Jesus tells us this story about the sower who went out to sow. And again, we see very clearly that the, the sower is sowing seed. And the seed is the word of God. And this is what the word of God is likened to seed. Because seed is planted in order to bring forth fruit. That's the whole aim of it, is to bring fruit from the planting of the seed. And Jesus shows us that there are different responses to the sowing of the gospel seed. Different things happen. Although there is, at one level, one thing happens, because whenever the word of God is read, or wherever the word of God is preached, then the sowing of the seed takes place. And even this morning, as we 
gather round God's word, that's what's happening. Every single time that we either read God's word or listen to God's word or preach God's word, God's word is being sown. So we've got to remember that this is the good seed. And we need to remember that faith, this all-important faith for our souls, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I know we live in a day of that's very visual and short, sharp visual messages, but the, the key to it is hearing. Because, as we said, faith comes by hearing. And that is why John Bunyan, in his classic of the Holy War, that he put more guards at the, the, the ear gate than anywhere else. Because this was the most important part. It is through the hearing of uh, the, the word. And uh, we've got to remember that, that, that this is true. We've told the story before, you all know it, about Spurgeon, where he was going to be preaching in this great auditorium, days before they had speakers like we have today. And he was doing a, a voice, uh, voice check. And there was a man in the building listening to him. So the man would go to one corner, and then he'd go to another corner, and then he'd go up to the gallery and somewhere else. And each time, all Spurgeon did, was he quoted from uh, John saying, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. So he bellowed it out this direction and that direction and up there and up there. And each time the man said who had come to do the sound check with him and he would, well, I don't know whether he gave a thumbs up or whatever, he said, that's fine. Unknown to them, there was a man working away up in the rafter, somebody who didn't go to church or wasn't interested in church. But everything changed because Spurgeon quoting that one verse four times, the Spirit of God took that verse, came with power into that man's life, and he came to receive Jesus Christ as Saviour. So we must always remember that, and we must never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we might be... Uh, for instance, a wee bit embarrassed at times, might be, some of you might be embarrassed of inviting people to church because we live in a world that loves the sort of uh, the dramatic, we love something that's really impressive. And you say to people when you come to church, well, actually everything's very, very ordinary. It's just ordinary singing, an ordinary praying, an ordinary reading, an ordinary preaching. There's nothing dramatic. It's all very plain and simple. But what we've got to remember is that while everything may be very ordinary at one level, we are worshipping an extraordinary God. And it is his power that changes lives. Every single Christian today has been changed by the power of God. And it is through that word that our lives, first of all, come to faith in Jesus Christ and then continue to be built up in the faith by the power of God. And this is through his word. So Jesus shows us that four things happen here. And we've also got to remember this. This is what occurs when the gospel is being preached. And so that there are four, we've noticed here that the seed falls on four different places. And there's four different responses uh, to the seed falling. And the first that we see here is that the seed is sown and it falls, as it's been sown, it falls on a path. And straight away something happens. 
birds swoop in and take the seed away. Now you and I know that birds love uh, when anybody's sowing seed. Uh, that's why when a, a field is ploughed and the seed or whatever seed is sown in it, very often they'll put a scarecrow or something there to scare away the birds because the birds think, wow, this is mealtime. And they're telling all their friends, hey, come to see this fields just been sown. I've said it before, one of my earliest recollections as a wee boy, you've seen a man way, this of course way back in the day, following, sowing seed, following a, a, a plough, and he was by hand with his huge basket sowing, sowing seed. And I thought he was feeding the birds, because there are just so many birds around. And Jesus says the birds are a, in this instance, that these birds are a picture of Satan and the demons. Because whenever the seed is sown, they're around. And they're coming to try and take the good seed away. And that's what they do. That's what Satan does. And Satan, how does he do it? Well, he'll, he'll come with various different things. Sometimes he will straight away, before you can even begin to think upon what's being said, he'll put something else into your thinking. So that straight away some image will come to your mind or something you're worrying about or something you're planning to do or something that happened and your mind's gone. You're no longer hearing, no longer listening. It's gone. Or he will sometimes, if he begins to notice that you're, you're really beginning to pay attention a wee bit, he'll then come in and he'll be sowing seed, seeds of doubt. He will sow things against God. He'll bring angry thoughts against God, or bitter thoughts against God, or, or against God, or even doubting God, atheistic thoughts. You know, sometimes God's people get really troubled in church. They never have atheistic thoughts until they come to church. And why? Because Satan, it's like an arrow. We, we, the Bible talks about the fiery darts of the evil one. Well, that's what they are, just darts. They come, there they go, and they can be quite disturbing. But if he finds that he can't get you away from it, then he will say, well, okay, that's all very well. Yes, I know you say, you're saying we need to be a Christian, but forget about it just now. Leave, leave all that just now. Sort it out later on. But remember the Bible says, today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. And then the next uh, sower we find is sowing uh, on, this time it's on stony ground. And the seed that's sown on this ground, it initially, it goes in, there's a wee bit of soil, and it begins straight away, you think, oh, it's, it's going to take root, but it doesn't. Because there isn't sufficient soil, and it withers away. Whenever the sun comes up, it's gone. And Jesus says that's the way it is with some other hearers. These are people who, they hear God's word, and there's kind of like an emotional response to it. And they say, oh, you know, this, I, this Christian thing, I wouldn't mind being a Christian. I think, I think I'll become a Christian. And there might be an immediate response, an emotional response. And they say, I, I, that's it. There's nothing like being a Christian. I'm going to follow Jesus. And maybe for a week or two or three or four weeks and everything. And then all of a sudden, they hit the buffer. And sometimes difficulties and things, and it's very often as soon as the first difficulty or challenge comes into their life, 
they say that's it. And that's one of the things we've always got to remember is that the Christian life is full of challenges, full of difficulties. John Bunyan, in his, another of his classics, the classic in the Pilgrim's Progress, he discovered, we often use that illustration because it's one of the best illustrations. But when Christian was awakened and had to leave the city of destruction, remember they were all calling after him, hey, don't go away, oh, you're, you're, a, you're an idiot going away from here, why are you going away? Christian just was had to, I have to get out of here. And he, in fact, remember, he put his fingers in his ears so that you wouldn't hear them calling. And they sent two men out after him. One was called obstinate, and the other was called pliable. And obstinate, you know, is somebody who's incredibly stubborn and will not, refuses to, to change his thinking. Pliable, as you know, is somebody who's very easily bent, easily influenced. These two men came after Christian and said, come on, back with us. Christian said, no. He said, I am going to Emmanuel's land. I'm heading for the glory of the kingdom. And he began to talk to them about what he was leaving behind and what he was moving on to. Obstinate said, I don't want to listen to any more of that nonsense. And he turned straight back. But Pliable said, boy, I like the sound of this. I'm coming with you. And so he joins with Christian and on they go walking. He says, tell me more about it. So Christian's telling him more. And all of a sudden they fell into this huge boggy marsh, really deep. And they were struggling. And Christian struggles all the way across it with real difficulty and manages to pull himself out on the other side. But pliable, he just turns back and pulls himself out and comes out of it where he went in. And he said, and this is what you're talking about, I don't want any more of it. And away he goes. And Jesus said there are people like that. And these are the these are the stony ground hearers. That they that they things when things happen in their lives, they then turn their back upon the Christian faith, or they turn turn their back upon following the Lord Jesus. And then we see that some seed fell among the thorns. And in a sense, this is in some ways the saddest of all because it would appear that the soil here is good. But the problem is that there are lots of weeds and thorns in it as well. And the seed falls and it begins to grow up. But all of a sudden, or not or gradually, the good seed as it's growing up, it begins to, to get it begins to get choked. And it's been choked and choked so that there's no fruit coming from it. And Jesus gives us as a picture of how it can be when people hear the word of God and they respond to it and they say, oh, this is, I, I, yeah, I'm a Christian. But all the cares of life, and often many legitimate and all the proper things, they take over. And people lose sight of the Lord and they, they're, all, they're, they're just taken up completely with the things of the world. And we've always got to be careful in this because... The, the, the cares of this life and all the, our work and our families and all, all the different things that make up life. Of course there's cares in them and of course we have duties to them. But sometimes we can become so obsessed with just with living life that we forget and we turn or we abandon looking to the Lord. And Jesus tells us, set your affection on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. So it's absolutely imperative that we, we focus upon the Lord 
that our, our hearts are given to him. Life is short. It's soon going to be over. You and I, we've only got a short time here. And ultimately, our chief aim in this world, man's members, our chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And we'll never enjoy him forever unless we seek to glorify him here in this world. And you begin to glorify God the moment you accept Jesus Christ as Saviour. Life changes. It's then that you realise what life is really about, where you're going, why you're here, who you are. There's a sense of identity, a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging, and a sense of longing for where you're going. And just ordinary life takes on another dimension. And it's, it's a most wonderful thing to become a Christian. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there's difficulties. Yes, there's falls and stumbles. And there's all these things. But it is the most fulfilling and the most rewarding life that there can be. And now we come to the, to the final uh, one of the, the, the responses. This is a good seed that falls on good ground. And this is the one who hears the word of God and receives it gladly. The hears a soul that fully and, accept, fully and absolutely accepts Jesus Christ as Saviour. The soul now trusts completely in Christ. The soul is thirsting after the Lord. The soul is striving for Christ's likeness. And the evidence of, I would say that there are two clear marks, to, but there's a lot of marks, loads of marks as to whether we belong to the Lord or not. But two of the clear evidences. The first is perseverance. When you come to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Saviour, every true believer will follow the Lord. Sometimes, like Peter, we will follow far off. Sometimes we will stumble and trip. Sometimes we're not walking the way that we should or the way that we want, but we're still following. And that's the, the Christian will always keep going. That's what Jesus said. Those that persevere to the end, the same shall be saved. That means that an evidence of belonging to the Lord is the fact that you keep going, that you keep going. The very opposite to the, to the stony ground hearers that began just for a little and then they fell away. And the reason that you keep going is because you're rooted in Jesus. But the second thing that is a great evidence is that you bear fruit. That's what a tree does. An apple tree won't bear plums and a plum tree won't bear grapes. The tree will bear the fruit that it, that it is. And so the Christian, the Christian bears fruit. In other words, their life displays certain characteristics. And what are these characteristics? Well, there are many things. But primarily, if we're looking, talking of fruit, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a Spirit that works within our lives. And the Spirit produces within our lives, we're told in Galatians very clearly what it is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things are not characteristics that should only be seen in church on a Sunday. These are the characteristics that should be evident in the life of the Christian in all their different relationships, in their places of work, 
in their home, in their church, in their periods of leisure, wherever they are, whatever they're about, there should be these characteristics of God's love as shown in their heart. And this again is an area that so hurts us as believers. Because sometimes you'll say to yourself, in our dealings with other people, the gentleness of Jesus did not show through there. The kindness that God expects of a believer didn't show through there. I didn't show patience in my dealing with that person. You see, the world the world is watching. And the, the, the great evidence of, of Jesus Christ being in you through the Spirit is that the fruit of the Spirit is evident in your life. And Jesus shows us also that not everybody is going to grow at the same level. We know that sometimes when you, uh, irrespective of what you've planted, some things will grow up very quickly, other things won't grow quite so quickly. And so it is in the, in the Christian life. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. There are some Christians who are content just with a little love and a little joy, a little zeal. They're, they belong to the Lord, but they never seem to, to go past where they were when they started. And it's not that they're not Christians, but that this is where they're at. And the Lord says, that's how it's going to be. But there, then there are other Christians, and as you look at their lives, you see, you see the maturity, you see the development. And you're saying, my word, they've really grown since they started. And you see that often in, in elderly, elderly Christians. There's a sort of a, there's a, a lovely maturity about them. There's just, there's a ripeness. They're maybe not conscious of it at all, but you can see it. And there's just, this, there's almost like a kind of a glow about them. In old age, when others fade, they fruit still forth shall bring, as the psalm says. So it's a wonderful thing uh, to be uh, bringing forth fruit to the glory of God. Spurgeon had used to say, a little faith will take you to heaven, but great faith will bring heaven to you. And so it's, it's imperative that we seek to, to, to develop and to grow. So as we come under the word of God, and as we've come under it today, what response have you to this word? Is it, is it possible, as we've come to the end, that you really haven't heard anything? That Satan has managed to win the day and he's plucked the good seed away. Because we've got to remember that he is the God of this world. And as the Bible says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe, lest they, they see the glow, lest they see the beauty, the wonder of Jesus. So that's what Satan's about. Don't, let's say, you ask the Lord, Lord, please deliver me and help me to hear your word and to believe. I hope you're not like the, the stony ground hearer. Because the stony ground hearer began, seemed to begin well, but no, the root wasn't there. Ask the Lord to come into your heart that, you, that, he, will, that he will do the work. And if he does the work, then it's guaranteed, it's real. Lord, save me. That's your work, is calling to the Lord to save. His work is to save you where he will come and reside within you through the Holy Spirit. I hope you're not like the, the one that fell among the thorns. Because 
at the end of the day, here's here's somebody who grew up and didn't. He was this person was unfruitful. And you know, that's kind of sad, because at the end of the day, this is what the Lord is looking for. He's looking for fruit from our lives, to His glory, a life that is lived, as we said, with the uh, with the fruit of the Spirit. And if that's not there, then what is? So you seek that your life will be a life that is lived, fruit-bearing to the glory of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we give thanks for your word. And we pray that the challenge of it, the solemnity of it, and the wonder of it may be blessed to us. Bless our homes and our families and every single one that we love. Surround them with your presence and with your goodness and mercy. Forgive us our sin, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to conclude singing. Uh, from Sing Psalm, Psalm 1a. And again, the, the singings are singings that are taken from the congregational praise. And uh, Ariane has added them into the, to the, to the service. Psalm 1a. Blessed is the one who turns away from where the wicked walk, who does not stand in sinner's paths or sit with those who mock. Instead, he finds God's holy law, his joy and great delight. He makes the precepts of the Lord his study day and night. He prospers ever like a tree that's planted by a stream, and in due season yields its fruit. Its leaves are always green. Not so the wicked. They are like the chaff that's blown away. They will not stand when judgment comes, or with the righteous stay. And so on. Psalm 1a, blessed is the one who turns away.
grace, mercy, and peace of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest and abide upon each one of you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining in today with us in worship. And the evening service will be conducted by Reverend James McKeever at 6.30.